Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Hey, 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 welcome to 201, episode 201 with Tana Howard. Uh, this was a fun one. I've run into Tana uh, multiple times at TXCTA or Thespians or other places and stuff like that. And uh, she's a big part of TXCTA. So I just, you know, one of those people that, there it is, one of those people that I've uh, wanted to have on for a while and uh, finally found some time. Uh, and just, you know, it's the right time to reach out to people. So, um, yeah, super excited about that. Happy Father's Day as this comes out. It is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the the dads out there. Um, I don't exactly, as I record this, it's Saturday, so clearly I can't record it the day it comes out. It's not like that, but um, but uh, it, it is a day that my children try to make special for me, and we'll see what they do. Hopefully there's some Legos in my future. So... Yeah, uh, not a lot to talk to uh, talk about this week. Uh, still bummed about the ending of the Drowsy Chaperone and Ted Lasso. Uh, I miss both, but uh, excited to kind of move on. I think the the acting in a show is going to open up a couple new doors. Um, I've agreed to direct a show later this year, which I'm excited about. Uh, outside of you know the world of education. So that should be fun. And there's a potential another acting opportunity that I might have that we'll see. It, it may be something that doesn't come to fruition. Uh, and also, uh, I was told that there were people talking about this podcast at Summerfest. And I, I believe that there were. I'd like to believe that everybody in the world is just can't get enough of this monotone, sexy monotone, one direction voice that opens up wonderful interviews with amazing theater educators and such. But, um, you know, a handful of people. I will say that last week with Destiny Miller, uh, the numbers initially within one week just with that one episode were better than most. Um, and I expected that, uh, that destiny has that kind of, that kind of influence on people. So, and people want to hear what she has to say. And I didn't really get any backlash from it. Had some people reach out to say they liked it and quote some moments from it, which was really, really cool. Um, but the last, or one of the last times I recorded in a bar, I got a few texts that I forgot to take some things out. So, um, yeah, so this time I guess it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's two people that aren't in a classroom anymore, so maybe that's part of it too. Uh, so that's that's gonna kind of be it for what I gotta say, and we're gonna just get on with the interview. Why keep talking when I could just move on? Uh, enjoy the interview with Tana Howard. If you enjoy this podcast, if you are listening the first time, or you're listening to the two hundred first episode as the 201st episode, uh, uh, yeah, let's, let's not try to miss mix up English words here. Um, then throw a like, like do something, you know what I'm saying? Like on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. All right. That's enough. Uh, happy father's day again. Enjoy this week's interview with the amazing Tana Howard. 
Thank you so much again for um, asking me to be here. It's one of those things that I don't think you realize um, you're creating a bigger wave and impact than than what you think. Um, yes, people know minor wisdom. And um, when I got the email, I was so excited to be able to be asked. Um, I've seen several recordings being done at TXETA and things like that. And so, you know, you walk by and you're like, man, they've made it big. And then you you get asked to be on Minor Wisdom and it's like, whoa. So I am beyond blessed to be here. Thank you for asking me. Um, a little bit of my background. I am a small 1A director. Um, I fell into theater kind of haphazardly as far as directing. Uh, started out teaching kindergarten at Big Spring, and they asked if I would direct an after-school program, and I said, sure. And then um, went ahead, and the very next year, Sands called and asked if I would come out and interview, and so I interviewed with Sands, and it was for the fine arts um, director and teacher, and so I started in that aspect and then added like some reading because 1A couldn't, you know, support a full-time just theater teacher and then went back and got my master's in counseling. And so I'm the counselor at SANS as well, and then went back and got my leadership. And so I'm also doing some of the leadership duties out here um, in addition to, to tech theater and, and stuff like that in order for our seniors to have their uh, fine art credit and um, student council sponsor. I mean, you name it, cheer, cheer coach, done it all. Uh, assistant golf coach. I get to do that. So I'm excited about that every now and then. But like I say, I, I uh, love 1A. I love being able to direct these kids. Is it something that they're going to do for the rest of their lives? Probably not. Um, you know, I've had some that have gone on and, and got, um, college scholarships and things like that. But at the same time, these are small kids that want to be involved. And when they're involved in their school, they're going to be involved on all levels. You know, we start with cross country and we go straight into football and cheer and all those things. And, and these are the same kids that are my kids. And so when I take my 24 one act kids, which I nine times out of 10, take the full 24, that's half of the high school. And it's, you know, right now we're at a we're at a situation in junior high because I direct junior high as well, where we've got 70 kids in junior high and I'm having to turn kids away. And that is not what I want, because I feel like that's, you know, just to keep your program being built, you need those numbers. And so it's, you know, one of those things you look at. Do you do you look at dual representation on the junior high level and how do I fit that in my schedule and in their schedule as well? So. That's a little bit um, of my background. I, I do sit currently on TXETA's board. I'm the secretary for them. I try to stay involved um, standards and practices for TATAL and also sit on UIL advisory. And then we do a lot of stuff out in West Texas. We've got a West Texas directors page and we do workshops. Um, going to do a tech the tech camp this summer and so get to direct at that. And so there's a lot of things that are going on that we are trying to stay in the eye. And we were very proud of our West Texas representation this year at the state level. So where do you, where do you find time? Where do you, like, you just ratted off so many things that you do. 
and I know it's a different world at 1A, but like, where do you, I mean, even you sort of just quickly glossed over the golf coach thing. Like, I mean, there's so many different things that take up time. Golf is not a quick sport. Um, but like, there's so many things that take time. How do you find the time to balance this stuff and make sure that your cup keeps getting filled back up? That has been one of the things where I, I actually am going to step back a little bit in, in some um, avenues. I've got a sophomore and I feel like her focus needs to be having a mom there, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I will, I plan on stepping back just a little bit, but I am extremely organized. And so yeah. my day is planned out and I allot, you know, this amount of time for, all the counseling duties. And then right. I've got to whittle out my one act time, you know, with my kids. And we do a lot of lunch, um, you know, speech. That's another thing I do UIL speech. And so I make sure that each kid and each activity has a time block throughout my day where we can work it. And, and, so, you know, Scott Tipton, he always like, do you sleep? I'm like, well, I try, you know, but then you wake up at three in the morning and you're like, okay, let me work on this for yeah. a little bit. But I think that's all of us. And and the thing that, um, as far as filling my cup, you know, being a counselor, I know you've got to have self-care. And so I sign up for every single massage I can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that teacher appreciation week is all about you. <laughs> or oh, counselor week and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. Is, is, what is it about counseling that sort of, uh, uh I guess that you find sort of that parallel of being, because, you know, a lot of theater teachers might tell you that they are also somewhat uh, un, uh, not, not licensed, non-licensed counselors, right? Um, uh, good or bad, if you will. But what is it about counseling that you kind of found that parallel and that comfort that was giving you the same sort of feeling that you had as a theater teacher or as a theater professional, if you will? Absolutely. You know, there is no one better. And, you know, as counselors, I think a lot of times um, we feel like we're that person yeah, and we're not. Yeah. It's the educator that is with that student day in and day out. And I think that is a lot of why I won't step away completely from being in the classroom is because we are that first line of response. Right. We are that first you know, interaction and involvement that that kid has. And we, a lot of times as teachers and as educators, especially theater teachers, we create a family and we know more about those kids, especially, you know, you know, throughout one act play and throughout your musical seasons and things like that. Yeah. You're with those kids more than their families are. Right. And that's why I always, you know, I preach to my kids and, you know, I get I'm blessed to have my kids from pre-K all the way to senior year. Um, and it, it is hard to see them go because you do develop that relationship. And so, you know, we see them day in and day out and weekends are hard. They're yeah. hard for the kids too, because that's why they stay involved, I think, is because they want that. And, you know, you can see at graduation ceremonies and things like that when they reference teachers time and time again. And coming out of that graduation season, we see how hard it is, not just for the students to walk away, but the educators as well, because we're losing a little bit of that um, relationship that we constantly had daily. Yeah. What is that like for you? Um, 
I mean, I haven't been able to experience this. I know that like where I just left uh, the John Cooper school, it's a pre-K through 12, but it's private, you know. So some of those teachers have seen those kids from 4 to 18. Um, I mean, I can't imagine what that must be like. Even just watching a, a four-year high schooler grow from sure. 14 to 18 is, is sometimes overwhelming and very pulls at your heartstrings to see a four or five-year-old all the, all the way through to graduation. I mean, what, what is that like? There, it's not a good question, but because I don't know what, it, I, I don't have anything <laughs> to compare it to, but um, I mean, for you, that's got to be one of the most gratifying things. Oh, it, it is absolutely amazing. And, you know, when I started, I knew Sands didn't have a um, real successful, um, you know, one act play was one of those things that they did, but as far as, you know, longevity and, and they'd go through, you know, theater directors here and there. And it was most of the time, especially, you know, in small schools, it's the English teacher getting pulled in because, right. you know, literature. So you've got to, you've got to be able to direct a play. Right. Um, and so I knew that I had to build a program and I felt like the way for me to do that was to start with those pre-K babies. Right. And so in the elementary, that first year that I came and, and we've done it for the, I mean, several, several years and, and we, we've got away from it. It's something that we need to really look at going back to, but we put those kids on stage twice a year right. from pre-K through fifth grade. And so, you know, we had all of our, um, and we, we still get them on stage. It's just not in the same context. We did, a, we did two musicals and, um, they were, you know, the, cheesy little musical that you get in a box and you put it together and the parents think that they are the next John Travolta and it's just going to be this amazing thing. But it was a way to get those kids to buy in early and get them on stage and get them in front of an audience and feeling that. And so for those kids, that's when it started. You know, we started early and getting them on stage, like I said, for the musical. And then we had, um, we, when we had time before all the star testing, we would do an end of year variety show and each class would bring something to the table, you know? And so we would put them on stage again and um, there were more people in the audience than there were at, at any pre-K graduation or high school graduation or anything like that. We would fill it and bring in chairs and have to keep the kids in the gym because the auditorium was overflowing. We couldn't house them in there. And so it was a really, really good problem to have. But I felt like through those musicals, it built me some core kids who could step into junior high theater. And so, you know, the first couple of years, I I remember just pulling kids out of the hall. I think we've all done that, you know, and you're going, I, I need you to play this role. You're a straight A student. And the kid that I had failed. And I'll never forget the kid that I went up to and said that. And he said, Miss Howard, it, it's a female role. And I was like, yeah, we're going to put a wig on you and you're going to be just fine. And so he, he learned how to walk in heels and, you know, play that role because the, the kid that I had failed and I had to pull that straight A student that I knew could memorize it in two days or, you know, whatever it was so that we could continue to take a show to contest. Yeah. But it's just about building those relationships early, I think. And that is what is huge because not only are you building those relationships early, but you know, now you look back at my high school kids and 
their siblings are in junior high one act play and and they know that that's once they get to junior high that's something that they're going to do because it's something that is you know kind of bred into them and now yeah. you know that's what our family does we do one act in the fall for junior high and we do high school you know in the spring so it's it's a neat um revolving door but it's also really cool when your kids come back with their kids right. and they get to be a part of that program yeah. and seeing that, you know, come to life too. And we're, we're getting ready for us to get camp now for this summer. And my original, you know, when I started back in 2005, 2006, I've got the, you know, those kids are kids on stage and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, now I've I've done a lot of these interviews, almost two hundred, and this is a question I, I don't think I've ever asked anybody because we don't I, I don't typically have a lot of one A uh, affiliation I guess if you will. So and and the times that I have had it's it's directors that have advanced to state, and so it's a very short conversation. I've got to ask you what your sort of quote nine to five is like. What is your day to day during the school year, not the summer? During the school year, what does your schedule look like? Uh, and and then also maybe speak on, and this is typically what I ask towards the end, but this isn't the end, uh, like kind of the like why 1A? Why is it why is it okay? I think 6A and 5A get the stigma of if you're not at 5 or 6A, then you're not doing it you know, the, the right way. It's kind of like if you haven't made it to Broadway, then you're not a successful theater person, but that's not true. Uh, sure. so, so then – Speak on your sort of daily schedule and then speak on like why it's okay to one A's just as good, if not better. So why? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my daily schedule, you know, I get here in the morning and um, part of my admin duties is I greet the kids at the door. And so that, like I said, is my admin end of day, beginning of day. I'm here for elementary dismissal and, you know, welcoming the babies in and that kind of thing. Um, I have my fine art class period where any, you know, senior that has not taken and gotten their fine art credit, they'll come to tech theater. Um, oh, last year I got floral. So I got to teach floral design. So I had a class period of floral. Um, and then I'm labeled as counselor the rest of the time. And so my door is open to, you know, go into classrooms and, and do lessons there and, um, you know, whether it be all the six pillars of character or whether it be individual sessions. Um, we do a lot of, of group stuff, you know, where we talk to the girls about experiencing what they're going through and that kind of thing. As far as why 1A, um, I grew up in La Mesa and so we were 4A. And I remember thinking when I graduated and I grew up through the UIL system, through One Act Play, um, and and loved it then. And then when I left and went to college, I went, my first degree was broadcast journalism. And so I was working with uh, the TV stations in Lubbock and then decided, I don't know that this is what I want to do. And so I went with the WPHL and was doing public relations for the Cotton Kings and loved that, loved all of those things. And then I met this guy who I decided to marry and he told me he was from Ackerley. And I said, what's there? And he said, well, there's a school. And I said, so if I'm going to do anything in Ackerley, Texas, 
I'm either going to be on a tractor or I'm going to teach at school. And he was like, well, that's what all the farmer's wives kind of do. And so I was like, okay, how am I, you know, I cannot sit in a home 20 miles from the big city that has a Walmart that's not even there anymore. And, uh, you know, an hour to Lubbock, which is the biggest town. So what am I going to do all day? And um, so I said, okay, I'll, I'll get my teaching certificate. So I went back and grabbed that and then came and taught. And I have had other offers, um, you know, to go bigger and as enticing as they are. Um, at the end of the day, I want to be where my kids are. And I love the fact that, you know, I've seen them every day from pre-K through, you know, sophomore now. Um, I love that about it. Uh, the money, you know, is it's never going to be a 5A, 6A money. But do our kids get the experiences they do? Yes. You know, do they get to be on stage? Yes. We don't do as many shows. You know, we don't get to do the big musical. I've loved to. I've thought about it. I've wanted to do something like that and compete, you know, in the Dallas musical circuit and that kind of thing. But um, I'm no vocal coach and, and I'm a one man department. I'm never going to be any more than that. Uh, when I have signed my assistant directors up, I always take the principal. He's my bus driver. I always take his wife because, you know, she could do some hair and makeup here and there. And then uh, I take another English teacher who just said, hey, I can work on that projector if you need me to. And I'm like, yes, you're the technical director, <laughs> you know. So um, you you learn to build relationships. And on the 1A level, you know, I see all the time on Facebook posts, people talking about not being able to share kids. And I'm just going to it's it hasn't been a huge thing for us. And when it has, I can walk down the hall and say, Hey, I know you've got a basketball game coming up. We need to get to a clinic this day. What do we need to do to make this work? Um, going into playoffs, it's always an issue, you know, during basketball season, making sure that we can get a clinic in and they can get their playoff game in. And a lot of times you don't know from one game to the next, if we're going to be at that level. Um, and, you know, I've already scheduled a clinic. And so I, I talk early, you know, we're already having conversations about the schedule and let's look at, you know, let's look down the road. And if, if we were into playoffs, what day, you know, is your UIL block that's going to have to happen? The big issue with that now is all of us are seeing is the star schedule and TEA is coming down with that two week testing window. And what are we going to do and how are we going to work around it? And um, so our problems are, you know, 6A problems, too. They you know, we all have the same problems and work through the same scenarios. It's just on a different level. I'm glad you mentioned that. <clears throat> Excuse me. The the sort of how do we solve the sharing of kids um there are a couple things i'll say to that number one is you know six and five a you have a literally exponential number <laughs> like more kids that you can choose from so um i'll say it but they should learn how to deal with other people but number two i've always found it fascinating. And one of the things I always latch onto and I keep in the back of my mind and I'm going to keep in the back of my mind when I go into my new career where apparently I get a lot more emails than I get, you know, anything else. 
is that Luis Munoz, Paula Rodriguez, even Rachel always find time to respond. And it's like they could be there could be a there could be 12 tornadoes that they've lassoed and standing in the middle of a hurricane and there's a tsunami on the way and they still will respond and Absolutely. and and respond to you like you're the only one that needs a response. Um and I've always used that as my like why can't this random teacher at uh, school X respond to an email where all I did was ask, you know, a simple question of a yes or no question type thing. And I always think these people who have the entire state of Texas <laughs> coming, yes. coming down on them, uh, can, can individualize you and make you feel like you're the only problem that is, is at that moment. Uh, and so I've always commended them for that because, uh, I don't know how they do it. It's very difficult. Uh, that's why they are where they are or were in Luis's case. Um, so for that, like what you just said, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm rambling now, but for what you just said, it's that same idea of like, you just, you just kind of work together and, um, Absolutely. yeah, and figure things out. And I like what you said about walk down the hall. Uh, I went to Beth Obel school uh, a couple months ago mm-hmm. and she was kind of showing me around and literally like you know, down right outside her auditorium door is the district's admin building. (laughs) And so she, she says, if I need something, I just, I kind of open the door and wave, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's in that kind of thing, it really kind of like made me think about if, and when I go back to teaching, like, I don't know if 6A or 5A is really worth the hassle. Sometimes it's like almost like the community element of a one to definitely 3A, sometimes 4A, is is very appealing, um, you know. Yeah, and but. it's funny you mentioned, you know, Luis and Paula, and that was, you know, before, before I ever got to take kids to state, um, I did honor crew. And so I started out honor crew and, you know, went through the whole bass McCullough. We've got swan flu. We're going to hog. Now we're going to move back because of construction. Now we're going to go to uh, bass drop and then go through the whole six different locations. Um, and I think that it doesn't matter, you know, Luis and Paula are going to the directors, you know, when they come up to them, it's, it's very starstruck, you know, especially for the one, two, three, cause that's who I've seen, but you know, they're like, that's Paula Rodriguez, you know? And, and the coolest thing happened on the loading dock this year. Uh, we had the honor crew out there and, um, I, we did not advance. We were alternate to state this year. And so I was back there on the loading dock serving house manager for one through three A and, this teacher standing there with her students and she's looking down and she goes, oh, and I told him this so I, I can say it vocally, but I, she said, there's Travis Poe. And, and I looked down and I'm like, why is Travis at one, two, three, at the loading dock? Like what is going on? And I looked back and I, was, I went up to her and I put my hand on my shoulder and I was like, that's not Travis. I said, but it is Tim Haynes and he's at Rankin and he's going to be one of the directors bringing in. And so I told Tim and Travis both, I'm like, you guys, and it's funny because they're like, did you see 
the movie, you know, the movie we watch, the movie. Y'all remember the movie? That's Travis Poe. But it was, it was so good, you know, just because I remember, I remember looking out and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, these, and I think a lot of times we as directors don't realize all the colleagues that do, you know, look up to us yeah. and, um, not us necessarily, but there's all, I mean, you know, Lou Lindsay has made a tremendous impact yeah. on, on me and, you know, continues to, to give, give and just give and give. And I hope more than anything, you know, that I'm able to create some type of, you know, motivation, inspiration for other theater directors, because I remember, you know, being brand new and looking at that rule book and thinking, what in the world do I do now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad you, uh, mentioned Lou. I, I, full disclosure, I was supposed to get him today on here. Uh, and, and he had some personal things that he had to take care of, but I'm working on him. Uh, cause he's one of those that, uh, you know, got to get him on record kind of thing. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, the celebrity thing is kind of a funny uh, point too that you mentioned that because I, you know, I, I'm guilty of that when I was like used to see Natasha Tolson, like, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's Natasha. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yes. but then, but then you get to know these people and, and first of all, you realize a, no offense to just theater educators, but they're just theater educators, you know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, um, and then, and then B it's like, what, at what point did they become this? Uh, you know, what, when did they turn that, when did they take the turn to becoming Natasha Tullison, the Rod Sheffield, uh, you know, uh, these different people, um, and then why haven't others, <laughs> you know, you start yes. to, you start yes, to think because about... <laughs> they're doing the exact same thing. Right, they're doing right. the exact same thing, creating theater every day and changing lives. And yeah. that's what we, we all are doing. And so within our community, we are those people right. that we, we've got to, you know, realize what we are doing and, and the minds that, that we are shaping and hearts that we're changing on the daily basis. Right. So I want to ask you about uh, your involvement with kind of TXETA and, and all that uh, stuff as well. Uh, what made you decide you wanted to be more involved with that stuff with, with more of the, I guess in our world, the extracurriculars, if you will, of being with TXETA or thespians and TTAO and all these uh, different organizations that exist that you don't have to be a part of, but you know, you choose to do it. So why did you choose to kind of expand your, your horizon, if you will? So, um, what started it was advisory and, um, you know, you always get those surveys and you think it doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Would you like to a leadership position? You know, and so I remember I clicked yes on one of them. I don't even remember what it was. And Luis called and he said, hey, you know, I need a 1A rep for advisory and I need, you know, region one. And so you don't realize when you when you look at advisory, how it's made up, because I didn't know before. I just thought, you know, it was all these people that met and talked about the rules. And, you know, they, they very strategically place one through 6A on that. They very strategically place region one through four on that list. And so, you know, they want representation from everybody. And, um, you know, we are able to speak up for 
what's going on in our region. And, and there's been some times that we've had some, you know, site issues as far as, you know, whoever in region one, and we get to have a psych all the way up and then we get to region and we don't have a psych or we get to, um, you know, have whoever wants to come to our show at all these district by district area. And then we get to region and we get two tickets for each cast member, you know, and so you're going, what's going on? We're at a bigger level. And so just to be a voice um, has been mostly why I've done it. Um, when I started with to tell, I wanted to be a contest manager. I wanted to be able to step into the trenches and help those directors because I saw a need Um especially small school, um, like I say, the English teachers that are taking over as a director and they get to contest. And it is almost just, what do we do now? You know, we've got to play and now we're in this technical rehearsal, what is required? And so seeing needs like that from not only the directors, but the kids of, of somebody that could come in and just you know, this is going to be okay. And we're going to get through this together. I'll never forget Lisa Landry. She was at Andrews and she was pregnant and it was contest day and her kids show up and her assistant director and her assistant director, which Melise, you know, she just retired. Uh, she was in tears. And I said, what, what's wrong? Lisa's in labor. She's not going to be here. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. We're going to do what you do every day. You're going to get up there and you're going to put it on the show that you know that you have been rehearsing. And and so just that was one of the coolest experience, you know, as a contest manager to be able to do that um, on, you know, at the state level when you get there and you're like scenic element that we really need in our show. We've got to have the scenic element in our show. And and everybody's back there making it work for your kids. And, you know, just just. I, I wanted to give back. I wanted to be able to, to be a voice and then to also be there for the kids and directors and, and just help. And, and I'm, you know, talking about answering emails. I'm like you, I tell directors all the time, you know, when presenting workshops, reach out, ask yeah. questions. There are no dumb questions. We've all been there where we're like, so this rule, you know, can you break it down for me or whatever? Because there's a lot of them. And so just making things work. I think the challenge of it is what I like, especially too on contest day. Um, you know, when you do have a rule infraction, how are we going to make it work and what's best for the kids? And that is ultimately what it comes down to. Um, what's best for the kids. And Luis harped on that. Paula has been the exact same way. We're going to make it work for the kids. Uh, so I know you, you are, uh, as you've already said, a busy woman. So, uh, I want to sort of get you out of here sooner than later. And, and, uh, plus I'm going to go get my car inspected. So I got to do that too. Oh, there you but go. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm making it sound like it's all you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I want to, you know, the, the fascination and I could probably sit here and talk to you for hours and maybe at some point we will at, at festival or, 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 you know, something, but, um, I, the, the unknown of, of 1A and, and 2 and 3A and such is still, I know I'm belaboring it a little bit, but, uh, but there, there's, there's so much to be known that I think people are either afraid to get to know or just don't, don't know that they, that you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. Um, so I want, I want to get you out of here on this, but 
uh, it, it sort of piggybacks off of what I've already asked you about 15 minutes ago, and that is why 1A, right? Why smaller? Why, um, why this, this element of uh, smaller school where you wear lots of different hats and you are, I don't know if the expectation is that you do a lot, but definitely it becomes the norm that teachers wear multiple hats, and that's partially because they want to, not because they have to. Um, I'm putting words in your mouth, but uh, but I want you to speak on kind of why the lower level, the smaller school, the smaller districts, um, the smaller communities, the places that have one stoplight, and as you said, a Walmart, maybe a Walmart 30 minutes away, <laughs> or it closed down, <laughs> but uh, you know, the what it, what is the fun element, the fascinating element of all of that? Uh, and yes, I'm making the question long so that you can kind of think about an answer. So it's kind of my thing. So you could take no, it away. You're good. I, I, I'm going to say this. So in a 1A, because we don't have anything, most, most you know, we, we do have a cafe. So every now and then we get to run down to the cafe and get something to eat. But um the school is what the community does. Whatever the school is doing is where the community is going to be and where your support is going to be. And so, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, you know, Friday night football, whether it is a five-day basketball tournament bringing in, you know, 15 teams a day, the community is there. And, you know, we have a concession stand and we're like, okay, well, we've got a plan for the teams, but we also have got a plan for the 200 in the community because they're going to come have lunch every day with us and watch basketball. It's not our kids playing, but it's, it gives the community something to do, but that's what, and, and maybe going back to what you ask about is why, you know, why. I love seeing these people every day and I love seeing the support. And we were, um, we, we went through a bond this past year and we are able to build a new school. And when we looked at the bond, you know, sitting down with, I do get to walk down the hall and sit down with the superintendent, you know, that's something not everybody gets to do, but, um, he called me yesterday and said, Hey, come look at these plans. I, I, you know, they ask about something in the theater and I want you to look at it. And, you know, I'm very blessed to be able to say, Hey, let me reach out to Amy Jordan and have her look at these plans. Let me reach out to some other people. Um, because we want what's best too. And so when, you know, my husband sits on the school board. And so when we, when they put this bond in front of the community, a lot of people, you know, in the building were like, is this something that we think is going to pass? Is it something we don't think is going to pass? You know, and how much PR are we going to have to do to, to talk up this bond? But our community, again, they want what's best for the kids. And if, if our building has asbestos in it or whatever, or, you know, we can't, we can't upgrade because we would unsettle whatever, um, they knew that, that that's what the kids needed. And if that's what the kids need, we're going to vote and be in favor of it. And so that's probably my, my why, you know, 1A is, 
Um, and, and I'm sure it happens at 2A. I know it does. It happens at 3A, but I can go have those conversations with our superintendent. I can have that conversation with my principal. And I think maybe a part of it too is us working together through all the other, you know, which hat do I have on now? We're building those relationships, not just with the students, but with our staff. And so um, that, you know, that's my biggest um, point in a lot of my, how do you make one act work cross-curricular with other things is you've got to build relationships. And when your relationships are strong with kids and with students and with your parents and your community, it's all going to come back and it's going to, it's going to be beneficial for, for everyone. Minor wisdom.